Hey, welcome to Superstructure. We're continuing the Natty one-on-one series today, and I'm here with uh, Molto Populare. What are we going to talk about today? Who are we? What are we doing? Hi, I'm Charlotte from Twitter. Um, we're going to be talking about the... Is that crazy... your name on Twitter? At Charlotte? My, my name on Twitter is Molto Populare. Yeah. So at Charlotte. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Why do you think I'm coming on this show and not to get Twitter followers, Natty? Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta keep scheming. So maybe you can add another 100 followers, really move up. Another 100 haters. 100. Well, <laughs> it doesn't matter. There, there's, a, there's, a mix, there's a mix of possibilities. We're not a university uh, pr- promoting podcast. Um, yeah, and there's not like a dichotomy between followers and haters either. It's a... Anyway, we're no, going to be definitely not. <laughs> we're going to be talking about the crazy world of Liz Brunig. Yeah, fact, Liz Brunig. Uh, she's uh she's the third presence in this podcast today. She's the Mother Mary who is presiding spectrally over this um, dialogue that we'll be having. Um, yeah, <laughs> and she's joined us before in spirit. <laughs> So yeah, oh, I mean, I think she always is joining me in spirit. <laughs> Just kidding, that sounds creepy. <laughs> that's what she wants, Natty. Yeah, she does. Well, that's, yeah, she's kind of got this interesting play where there's this, I think the reason we're interested in her is she plays with these sort of femme categories, right, of um, this sort of left of center like populism that's like I don't know Margaret Thatcher for socialisms or something but that <laughs> plays with some of these femme politics of like oh I'm just like a, a good girl but then also like these sort of um, darker notes that are sort of entangled in her politics right yeah she has an edgy joke side as well um but all of it's very hard to grasp really. yeah I think and I think it is. And that's sort of part of the faint, right? She's always pretending yeah. she hasn't fainted at something. And it's like, if you like, think you saw something kind of weird, like you definitely are a creep and did not. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, and basically we want to kind of like tease out where there's some deeply violent assumptions, right? And that this has consequences in terms of her being this prolific writer, right? I mean, she's been since her twenties writing for everywhere in the like New York Times, Washington Post, New Republic, The Atlantic, I don't know, Christian Monthly. No, I made that one up, but um, <laughs> she did. Well, the American conservative. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm sure she's right, written and something and there's... along the lines of the Christian Monthly. She's written a lot. Like that's been one of the big, big um, revelations of the research behind this episode is that she has written so much on almost every on not everything but a lot on a lot on sex which is going to be kind of the main she, focus of today yeah we, we're gonna avoid for today like going fully into the trad mommy thing and like that's like implied but that's like a whole other realm when she's like am I for abortion or not like let's yeah. go on a side tangent about the pope instead you know? yeah <laughs> We could do a whole episode yeah. on like family abolitionism versus Liz, Liz Brugge or something. And also, I totally, think people, totally. people are gonna ask, like, why are you just targeting Liz Brunig? Why aren't you targeting her equally famous and powerful 
husband, Matt Brunig. And what do you think about that, right. Maddie? Yeah, I mean, I think that she kind of plays uh, not a, a univocally femoral, but that they're, they're sort of two-headed monster political style that she has like certain things she does. Like he's like not as into like, like he's the numbers guy, right? Like, oh, yeah. he's an atheist. He's a debate champion. Like he doesn't, you know, he's uh, doesn't want to talk to people whereas she's like the, in her book somewhere doing her like religious thing and her like high femme priestess uh, yeah. phenomenon that is sort of this social face, which is like this very, there's a certain patriarchal thing to like, I, I'm the social lady who does the church side of our life, right? And you go home and like do the numbers. But, you know, this is a left MMT podcast, right? Where we try to look at like heterodox leftist political economy, right? And there's an element of which like that her feints are like around that, but she kind of like plays it out in a different analogical sphere where the same logics of some of the austere um, assumptions of Matt yeah. You could do another episode about, right, like, male politics, right? Like, when he defends, like, the Washington indigenous mascot for the, the football team. Like, there's different, and she plays into that, too, right? Like, she plays, her oh, yeah. role. like, Matt is yeah. 6'2", and I'm 4'11". Yeah, and <laughs> also, as, as she says, like, there would be, as, as Liz herself says, there would be no point in us doing an episode on the mind of Matt, because it is just in itself springs from nothing and has its own oh, yeah, this logic with no no connection to the like social morals or um norms so why would we no, it's just zeus's forehead we... and then yeah yeah whatever <laughs> the the dictatorship of the proletariat from their um, living room forehead, like, yeah yeah i think it was and like also the, i don't zeus's, understand yeah. numbers so i can't talk about that well, we're the art fuck. From we're women, so this is why we can do this podcast. Because, like, deep down, we are sexist, and so we can only, as women, yeah. as cis women, talk about the other cis white women. You know, well, you're <laughs> Italian, but um, Catholic. <laughs> like, that's, I was raised like Protestant, you know. So I'm, and and you're like the Catholic arm. So we like together yeah. make Liz part of the triangle um, of. Catholicism and Protestant lady ethics. Yeah. <laughs> but we also don't believe in this, right? Like we are precisely critiquing her yeah. her gender politics. And and, yeah. and I think it's also that she's a symbol of something. It's not about her precisely. I'm sure there's there's some decent things she does, but she is she very much wants to play a certain role and and take makes use of of common gender scheme in ways that are not uh including everyone politically and that are are insidious you know absolutely i i think i i (laughs) no i always like i always like compare her to mrs lovejoy in the simpsons like i know this is not very highbrow at all but in terms of like a kind of broader thing she represents like she is kind of like she uses her like white christian femininity for power and that like think of the children brand of politics right. think of which, the children satanic yeah. panic which yeah. just always starts so, at, at think of the children right yeah yeah she's and, and yeah she's she's mrs lovejoy someone was like you're just saying that because she's a christian but it's 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 not it's the way that she weaponizes it to exclude and she does these right? smirks she does these smirks where she pretends she's not excluding she pretends she's not 
policing the community in a certain way. And, and she, I mean, yeah. and she also but does she'll believe. she'll call someone a pedophile on Twitter and delete it very quickly. Like it's. Uh... Oh yeah. Because she does. I mean, she will write about like one of the good things about Pope Francis is like that he sees some of our archive um, <laughs> is that he like does a populism of, of like, like of popular, like of the people that's like class-based, that's like against Satan. Like she's like, actually his like anti-Satanism is like a good thing. Like she is, she is traditional in that level. Yeah. Like she does care about things like that, which is, I mean, I think risky <laughs> to, yeah. to have in your politics <laughs> to say the least. I did a read that that got me blocked more recently. We're both just out for revenge because we're blocked by our true idol Elizabeth um and so I you were yeah so long ago (laughs) both of them involved animals though right because I read I read her recently her article in the in the Atlantic about how she feels really guilty about how like she's the the bird murderer and it's like she wants to be the bird murderer and she clearly isn't the bird murderer but somehow it's about her anyway I recommend you all (laughs) just nightly reading out Liz's article word for word but it's yeah, it's amazing. Was, uh, thank you. It's yeah, and she's she's got a, and she's got a thing about because you got black. Wasn't that when she like you you made some joke about her 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 dog? Her I said I said her dog was like I all I said was of course the Brunigs have I didn't even say say anything. I said of course the Brunigs have a golden retriever. It was a joke, and like even you res- responded being like, "lol," like this is. I know. Well, the thing is, that's funny. Is that like Elizabeth? Like this is a dumb joke, and Elizabeth like has never since then posted her golden retrievers yeah. on the Instagram, which kind of yeah. makes me sad. Like yeah. instead, she just posts like, "Oh, there's golden streams of lemonade sunlight like falling on my family's faces." You know, like she had to put that energy somewhere, somewhere else. Um, (laughs) that's a real real quote by the way (laughs) yeah well there's something very catholic right and she very like consciously avows like this catholic element of her social social democratic like she's very much into being like the catholic mother so for bernie who's writing in new york times who's writing in the atlantic and who like feels like she's killing animals and Francis yeah. would never kill animals. How could I do that? I'm a good girl, you know, and but wanting it like and I don't know, since you went to Catholic school, what do you have to say about this? <laughs> Catholic school was very much more sexual in a way. Like it's talked about more. There were more scandals. There were more like because then I, I moved to like a state school afterwards like a co-ed state school but like I remember at like there was a there was a um, bisexual public school pardon bisexual bisexual public public school the (laughs) S&M public school right 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 right. that's that's the state we love the state we hate the state yeah (laughs) no it was it was interesting it was like um there was like a cat there was like a like just all the stories were about like transgression I suppose like there was like a lawn called the sacred lawn that you couldn't sit on because that was like the nuns when like hit you with brooms if you did it or like all of the stories about how like you weren't allowed to wear colored underwear because Jesus like people would see it reflected in the in the shine of your shoes 
So people would like intentionally <laughs> wear brightly colored underwear and stuff. Like we had incredibly strict rules around that. But then also there What's was What's the danger like, of colored underwear? That, like the, I don't know why it's more likely for this to happen with colored underwear, but it was that they would reflect on your shoes. Like you well, like they would be aware yourself, you were wearing them. And they'd be aware all. that you were wearing them at all. And someone right, would say, you yeah. have organs and yeah, yeah, you're a body. Yeah. Okay. That's- but also like we went to the school that I went to, like it was known for being a trashy, a trashy Catholic school. Like we were, it was called Santa Maria. Like we were known as the Santa Slots locally. Like that was the, <laughs> Sorry. Like, we had like there were the Samaritan boys and they were like our brother's school and they'd like drive past and be like Sir Slots and everyone would be like oh Jesus started early on I the dialectic I have repressed like a lot of memories from period like I remember sex education there we had like a liberal a liberal teacher and she was like technically she was like you know I'm supposed to tell you not to have sex but you know <laughs> then she was like sex is fun and that that's basically that was like my health all teacher. I remember be, she would like look into the hall and she'd be like okay you all know my ex-husband he's the history teacher but anyway like so just forget that but like you need to like always remember when you have sex like if you're too dry it's not good until you look <laughs> in the hall again <laughs> <laughs> we're like what the fuck we never got that information you know <laughs> You're just talking shit about her ex-husband who also works at school <laughs> like sorry this is sex ed this is educational <laughs> and it's in its way but it's like in this talking shit register where you're like I mean in fairness that probably is not how you should have framed it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah there was I don't know lots of like ritual and stuff I guess oh yeah and Elizabeth plays into that ritual yeah. this like kind of she likes this like this shame this sort of traditional shaming of of, of other women right like she yeah enjoys yeah this. we had like a I don't remember if it was like actually on Good Friday because we had I guess we obviously had Good Friday off school but it was like in the the week before Easter whatever that that festival is called Holy Week <laughs> and like Palm, we, Palm Sunday yeah, but it wasn't Sunday. It was like the Wednesday, Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday. Is it Ash? I should see. I don't even know this shit. But like, it doesn't that matter. was the day. Like, we'd have to do so. Like, they would have burnt the palms on a Sunday, and we had to like go into the hall, like into the chapel, and like some girl in a school dress would have to like drag this huge wooden cross <laughs> through the hall to this like really loud, scary music like Jesus like what we kind of still, music like some sad music like some sad orchestral music <laughs> like it was like the passion of the Christ like <laughs> but, and, but you weren't but you weren't allowed to participate right because you're a sinner or yeah I wasn't allowed to participate I've never been um baptized I was only baptized right. by, I was baptized by my mona in her kitchen sink because she has like a direct line to God but yeah that sounds really protestant that doesn't sound <laughs> yeah much. yeah she but i like her family i think her dad was a secret protestant in the south of italy like her mom was a devout catholic mm. and her dad was a 
he went to secret Protestant meetings and like was a mock. And what time period well. is this? Anyway, and then so you what, ti- what wait, what time period in Italy? In the 40s and 50s? Yeah. Yeah. Like during the during the during Mussolini, I guess, like as well. This is the time that like the Natty, like since this is the Liz Brunig episode, you guys are getting the full bore politics of our weed ADHD uh <laughs> politics superstructure line. So so while Max will be the, the the third spectral presence, like an angel uh editing this episode, we would like to say that this is our own structural formation today. This is the arrival of the feminist movement, the structure. <laughs> this is the podcast where we get to be like, so wait, 50s Italy Protestants. Uh, that that is actually interesting. Like post-war, low low key. Well, I don't Protestant. know. I don't, I don't actually know much about it. This is like, you know, family family law. But mm. I haven't. I haven't. We make up a lot of shit. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't read into secret Protestant societies in the south of Italy during the war period, the interwar period yet. The podcast that's, that's I, would, I would listen to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we're going to, well, so we want to, since, since Liz, I did like spend some time the other day, I like read like some like months and months of tweets of, of Liz's that are like archived from last year, but because she like has, her and Matt have some robot who like uh, deletes all their tweets like every 24 hours or something. Is like, that, what, do they just not have tweets more than 24 hours old? Not really. Yeah, they pretty much just like wow. automatically all detonate. Yeah, but there are archives like you can find it all yeah. if you want to. So I've I've like uh, as she's told to she likes to comment a lot on how like Twitter's an open air insane asylum in like a really cute way because that's an adorable thing to, to make jokes about. Um, yeah, because that's how she treats it basically. <laughs> that's like that's the interesting thing about you know how like Liz is quite hard to pin. Like I was saying before, it's like that her Twitter is far more revealing than her articles. Like in her articles, she'll skim around, like she'll imply things and they'll be like, you know, but like she'll, in, on Twitter, she'll just like, she'll tweet whatever she wants because she can delete it afterwards and then call everyone else insane people. <laughs> like it's, it's pretty oh, totally. actually. Oh yeah. Well, she's like, if anyone comes after her for anything she said, like, in the past few weeks she's like oh that's ridiculous like I didn't you know this this was a joke she does that move like the I was making a joke like you guys misread it like you guys are dirty sluts like you know or like Matt with the word just flu joke yeah. yeah the what is it that like the China virus meme oh yeah yeah what a weird fucking joke like who makes yeah. a joke I don't even know. yeah I mean, I make some some off color jokes for sure, but um, there's definitely like a a plain make off color jokes, but like just posting me- like racist memes from 4chan is like slightly different. <laughs> well, but that's the thing too is she like and she makes feints to like uh, things she and she won't own the 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 off colorness of it. She'll pretend there's no off colorness and that you, you are off color for well, thinking there's anything. Yeah, that's the thing. Like. It, like she calls people degenerates on Twitter and then. Can you imagine being in that mind frame where you're like in your late twenties calling people degenerates? It's, but it's just like 4chan (laughs) shit. It's like they both, I don't know. Someone needs to put 
put some restrictions on That's, it. As we'll get into later, we're going to get into some of our articles, some some older. So for anyone who like wants us to, uh, to oh wait, but we wanted to do some of her Twitter greatest hits first, right? Because the, there was, which ones do you, we want to skip the latest, the the Noah Berlatsky one. I don't know enough about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> there was the one, well, there was the, the, we're kind of focusing right on like the sex element today to like, because yeah. she's written so goddamn much that we need to like stay topical. Um, and, and Charlotte suggested this one be called, uh, from my reading of her article, Comforted and Chastened, because she was talking <laughs> to a doctor about COVID. And she's like, I think she was asking about kids, like if kids can get it or something. And he was like, no, they're kicking its ass. And she's like, I was comforted and chastened. Like, <laughs> it's like, don't retell your doctor's appointments and say you were comforted and chastened. Like, <laughs> I don't even want to go that deep into the code. Like, don't make me. <laughs> It's not fair. <laughs> but that whole, that whole article was unfair to be, to be honest. Like, right? And and her and she tweets like this, right? Like, cause because you know, like Sophie Lewis, like there was that whole incident where like, you know, on acid or whatever was tweeting about this octopus documentary, and I don't know, talking about sensuality and like the most like normal shit, right? Yeah. And she just like went nuts on it. And it's the same thing that ties into her more recent shit where she's like. Uh, kind of scaremongering about kink at pride, right? Like, oh, are you yeah. going to bring babies around? I mean, it's like very traditionalist stuff. And she's like, and, and her defense is always to just like double down on the premise. And she's like, no, so you're creeps by saying that, uh, you know, that you can find this uh, hidden meaning to this, you're a creep and you're dirty. Like, how dare you impose this dirtiness on this innocent situation like you're the one like she just doubles yeah. down on the like the premise of shame right yeah well kind of avoiding saying what she thinks is like normal good sex apart from go south go south young yeah yeah go south young <laughs> maiden yeah yeah that was there was some girl who's like uh saying you know like complaining basically like you know, polyamory is the reason why uh, my dating life on websites is bad. And it's all like this asshole in the Afghanistan video. It's just like, and she's, what the fuck is Liz talking about? Like in Texas where people Very fuck sad. in a normal way? Like she's, <laughs> she's just like, are you, you kidding know, me? Texas sex. Gotta love it. Honestly. <laughs> and, what, and, and the question is like, well, what is the politics of that? Right. It's like, oh yeah. Dallas pride there's no there's no kink of course not like come on that's fashion that's conservative like uh, yeah there you want to get into the history of dallas politics i mean come on mm -hmm. yeah. you know i mean it's just like give me a break and it's very it, it it's like very low-key um and she doesn't go fully trad right because she will say well i like want there to be taxes and and you know i agree that like in the catholic church like we should prosecute bad priests like and so she can play with this element of like not going supposedly fully trad yeah. and then like deleting everything and, and there's she's very good at moving and like recasting uh blame and actually recently she was defending I think the first article we want to start with um where she you got into it with who was this you got into it on Twitter like someone with so stem and bio David Sligger this guy's market market socialist in bio <laughs> right yeah get into the the and yeah, happily he's from Australia. yeah he's from <laughs> Sydney or something 
But um, <laughs> what does that mean when you say like Sydney in that tone? What is that? <laughs> I just it just means I don't know those people. <laughs> Right, neither neither like, do I. I think, I think he's at University of Sydney, and that's just not a. I don't know, like the it's the main it's the main city, I guess. Whatever. It's funny because I I have like way more like like just from like my friendship with Charlotte, I have like way more Australian followers than I should proportionally. I um, had to explain to Natty what we, me and Max explained to Natty what Queensland was. Yes. Right. That's white white racists from the north of Australia. Yeah, it's kind of like, it, he said it's like the South. Right. Oh, like yeah, it's like you reverse the hemispheres. Kind of. But what's the climate? Like, what's the... Oh, it's like tropical. Well, it's quite big. So it's like part warm, part tropical, I guess. Like this, yeah, I don't know. I've not even really been there. Charlotte is the plant expert. Charlotte <laughs> is, is the plant. Is the plant. She's the gardening gardening expert of our of our trad uh, superstructure femme uh coalition yeah uh, so not i do books she does plants <laughs> <laughs> excuse you i know a lot about plants okay i, I i'm an expert in flower maintenance um, <laughs> um <laughs> and she does oh this i want to read this tweet actually before we because we you were actually no but first of all because this Okay, because Liz will still come out and say this was like one of her two 2015 articles for the American conservative right where there's this like basically she suppose she claims let's see uh, let me find where I put yeah she she reviews quote unquote reviews uh, a book by a, a a chaste or a celibate lesbian Catholic and she's like I'm not I I'm not like supporting it she's like it's a review of a book this is recently by a lesbian Catholic who chose to be celibate because she wants to practice an orthodox form of Catholicism. I wrote that her take was consistent with the most orthodox read on Catholic sexual ethics, defending her from trads, calling her a heretic. So she's like, no, I was like, I was totally impartial. Um, I was just here to like do a view from nowhere review and defend her actually from the trads. I'm just saying like this take on celibate lesbianism is one possible take. And then we're going to get into the article a bit because like that's fucking bullshit. And but she's still defending it this way on this article that's from 2015 because like you know you're kicking up dust about it and people are like are you kidding like it's a review she doesn't she doesn't imply that this is like the only way to be a like a catholic lesbian is like to have friendship ceremonies as we will see <laughs> um what was your what 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 was your fight with this dude oh yeah so well there were two elements to the fight there was one element in which i was actually wrong because i had quoted an article written by somebody else who kind of How misread dare you? she like misread <laughs> yeah <laughs> which i admitted to immediately and like but then there was like the yeah. um there was a um the issue was so like he was arguing the same thing that Liz was arguing that was like, you know, she is impartially um, just putting, situating herself in the moral universe of this person in order to get. And then it was, it's just like every time, especially men defend Liz Brunig, it's like they use the words nice and sweet and like, kind and stuff and he's just like she was just doing it in the nice sympathetic way that she does to everybody that she interviews that is her style like she's just a lovely she's a lovely girl <laughs> and like it's, and it's, such, it's, it's such bullshit like you just see how she engages with 
anyone on the left that she doesn't like or like but you know to read that there's an editorial line this article has an editorial line like she's deciding like she's not platforming someone like me like I'm not catholic or christian but like my lesbianism it'll be a cold day in hell before my lesbianism is the one that this is burning (laughs) interviews yeah yeah exactly also context wise this was for the american conservative like she's and so his argument was oh she's writing for a right-wing audience to um defend more liberal views against trads who just say that they should be converted they like lesbians should undergo conversion therapy or like right this is a middle ground say it's the middle ground and in in a way it is a middle ground, but it is sound. It's like the, the it's the ground that she's chosen to stand on. And you have to like, you have to read the article. Like I ended up just having to like, I don't know, do like close reading analysis really. But like just the language she uses is like, she acknowledges the moral dangers. She recognizes the hazards involved with this. And really like there are more liberal Christian views than Liz. Like, like she is of not, course. she is not the most liberal, like, and and yeah, the implication seems to be that Liz was trying to push the um, trying to push the discourse of you know gay Catholicism left, which totally. <laughs> and it's this very like small. It's like this this you know I kind of in, in another way talked about this with Ian about Ben Burgess, right? This like where you start in such a right point of view because like that's where the supposed common person that you have to convert is, and so you're meeting people where they're at. Like we're gonna meet. We're going to meet at the, the just to the left of the far right of Catholic sexual ethics, you know, like yeah. this girl, this girl still says she's a lesbian. She's just like decided to be celibate, but she still says that like this girl does not buy into, she doesn't like it when people say they used to be gay because of abuse. No, she says that her queer punk lesbian high school scene uh, taught her to be loving and be a good person. Like this is the non-exclusionary yeah it's like it's it's alighting so much about like the context of where they actually are positioning themselves in terms of who they're convincing and it's like who the fuck reads the american conservative i don't who are these people reading this and it's like (laughs) except us not a reassuring (laughs) it's not a reassuring article i mean it's a funny article like so natty what does the actual article say well, basically, she goes through this this woman, Eve Tushnet's book, um, which she calls um, Unexpectedly Revolutionary. <laughs> and basically, <laughs> um, but in a totally objective way, obviously, yeah. by, um, the American conservative. Uh, but basically, it says that, well, it, 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 it on one level is like going through these sort of detailed things about different sexual positions, like, oh, should you treat you know, were the early Christians uh, talking about same sex and romance and are the genders ontologically different, yada, yada. But the thrust, the real thrust of the article is basically that Pushnet uh, wrote a memoir and she's a, a celibate lesbian Catholic. And and the way Brunick frames and, and her ideas like to have um, avowed friendship ceremonies mm-hmm. <laughs> which come because now they've kind of gotten past like as you mentioned before like the the conversion pray the gay away right so it's like yeah. you know there's some christians who say we shouldn't talk about any sexualities at all we should be more liberal or there's others who say we should like repress everything and this is more in the no i'm a lesbian i had a positive lesbian experience but now i'm catholic and 
And it goes into like a lot of detail about, um, you know, there's this historian, Ellen Bray in 2003, writes about a history of friendship and the Christian tradition. There's also another celibate, uh, I really enjoyed this title, another celibate queer Christian uh, who I wrote the book, Washed and Waiting. Yeah. That's really. Say what? They really write the jokes themselves. It's like, wait, wait a second. Yeah, about queer, queer celibacy in the Catholic Church is called washed and waited. What? Giant joke. What is happening? What's happening? into detail about like you know she's like well one of the risks and 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 the, the amount to which liz like buys into the premise is really interesting because she'll like very it's oh, like this imminent critique like, like goes oh, yeah. way beyond like, like what i would imagine is like most people's level these days for like you know as a queer person it's, it's like it's true one of the risks of like having friendship ceremonies is that like you will still have sexual feelings for each other and yeah and and, and like if you even just live together as you know, female BFF, for example, who have had a friendship ceremony, like people may think though that there is something sexual, even if there isn't, right? And that's just a moral, right? And it's like, she calls that a scandal. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, this yeah. just sounds like- Those are her words, like scandal. Do you know what I mean? And like, the, yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty fucking obvious to be honest, like <laughs> when you read it, like what what her position is it's it always totally it always is like um yeah, and, and and they say he says it's true there's a real risk of it becoming a sexual relationship but avoiding intimate same-sex friendship is even worse so this is like their middle position it's like you know you may be a lesbian who has to marry a man um just because but it's better instead of repressing your lesbianism which is more it's less of a risk if you have a friendship ceremony with your female best friend because then at least you're getting like the emotional intimacy outside your husband and there's actually less of a risk that you guys will like start having an affair or something basically <laughs> it's just so weird it's just like what is fucking weird. happening it's weird and then yeah. he says, he says Prob probably Tushnet submits advising empathy and noting all oh, right well will the friendship get in the way of your opposite sex marriage this is probably advising empathy and noting that medieval ballads concerning committed friends often reported mm -hmm. conflict in that vein many of which did not turn out in the favor of the wife and children i'm really surprised by that <laughs> medieval medieval gender politics on fucking your female best friend were not um, always in the favor of women um <laughs> <laughs> I'm really surprised. Um, and it's just, it's weird. And, it go, and then it, yeah. it kind of, and let's see, where does it get to towards the end? Then they're talking about, um, you know, this book, and because she's called this at different times a how to guide, like an Augustinian. And then they're talking about there's an FAQ, there's resources, it's a mix of textual genres. Yeah. I mean, to me, you know, she says at the end, oh, I, I really, we both, I mean, how could you not enjoy this? She says, um, Tushnet writes glowingly and beauty and beautifully of sublimation, the process by one by which one converts a certain impulse into another. 
it's just like total good girl time. Yeah, that is literally like it's so funny that she describes that as revolutionary when that's literally a nun. Like that's what nuns do, <laughs> which also historically has been the place for lesbians within the Catholic Church. So like what's 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 revolutionary about this? Like it's the same oh, yeah. shit. Like my, my 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 Latin my Latin lady loves a good nun movie. And I'm just like, oh. I didn't grow up fucking I didn't grow up fucking in Catholic chapels. I don't know. Pro- Protestant lesbians have a whole a whole other uh, set of sacred texts. Um <laughs> I can learn. I'm I'm adaptable. <laughs> I need to know what are the Protestant lesbian texts. We'll oh do a man, whole like that's on this one day. Like, yeah, but I think I think something with like teen soap operas. You know, that's like Pretty Little Liars. You know. Like, oh yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's about thirty-five year olds, but we pretend they're sixteen. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like. Congrats. Oh God, yeah, that's so Canadian. Yeah, but well, that's yes. can- yeah, that's, that's- Canadian. Yeah. That's like I'm such a shitty American where I'm like Canada doesn't count. That's, that's like our, the most the most racist side of white Americans. Like we don't like other white Canadians. It's like the yeah, that's victory possible. That's like us with Kiwis, I think. I feel like there's uh, a similar a similar vibe going on. Like they're more liberal, they're also white. It's yeah. It's like you can just play like yeah you can just be like I'm bored of you I don't care yeah <laughs> Chloe Chloe's it's like Chloe Sevigny she's like I don't I don't like I don't like Toronto films it's like why <laughs> New York is better I'm from Connecticut you know but you know it's like that yeah <laughs> um so this is let's see how does this end up she talks about yeah the we know that the friend zone you know still there's still uh things there's still desire and and that many more liberally sexual christians may find tushnet's idea pipe dreamily sterile and repressive that's correct um Um, this is like 2015 (laughs) checks like it's like 1955 like it's not yeah there's plenty I feel like even in like pretty right-wing evangelical churches that were probably like out lesbians by this time like to act like it's like the left of Christianity in 2015 to be like have friendship ceremonies is just like fucking horseshit like yeah well she mentions that that she she alludes to there being a more liberal position but just won't discuss it at all like no, because those aren't the people you have to convince in the working class. Those aren't the Trumpies that we just, in the red states, that were forklift operators who yeah. we just barely missed. Listen, I love how she, and I love how she ends it. Tushnet may find herself carving out a complex middle between two hostile camps, the liberals and the trads, right? This is, I guess, Liz is here in the middle. But she's cognizant and clearly up to the task. I, I realize I'm a poster child for a poster nobody wants on their wall. <laughs> But if it's the only poster, and she ends it, but if it's the only post, if it's the only poster illustrating a workable solution, then it's the one we are all obligated to tack up. She's totally endorsing her her middle position of like celibate lesbianism. Yeah, if it's the only workable solution, like what the fuck are you talking about? That it's the only workable solution. Like why she's never once stated why that would be the most workable premise. Yeah, it's literally that or conversion therapy. Like, 
Yeah, it's not like, oh, are you, if you really must be a Christian, you can still, like, decide to have a different sexual politics if you're going to, because you can, and, like, yeah. it's just weird. It's just yeah. seeding so much, right? It, it, it's also, like, it's it really, in that article, it's the same thing that we've talked about with, like, we'll get to later with her articles on pornography and stuff where it's just, like, this obsessive trying to, like, like rule creating and like classification like what if this happens what if these two people are in a room together what if those two people are in a room together what happens to the children in this situation like She's will you go to hell yeah will you go to hell if this or will I go to hell if that like it's really yeah how long will you be in purgatory that's my, probably her favorite like yeah uh, the dangling over hell in purgatory and you might get to heaven and she's yeah. just like oh my god yeah um that's not fair we're we're feminists um <laughs> well and she also says at the end of this she says uh you know the people who find the tushnet to be this like repressive pipe dream they might just especially since it offers no account of how sexual desire is to be properly sublimated properly to be properly <laughs> sublimated solved or suspended it's just this irresolvable problem right it's just like so oh i like want to fuck another girl in my catholic school it's like, who cares like half of girls in history at catholic school wanted to fuck another girl are you kidding me like oh my god fine. So <laughs> should be the title of this episode which what is it sublimated <laughs> properly sub- suspended love it that's that it. could be another because <laughs> that's so catholic school yeah i don't know how to be properly sublimated salt or <laughs> it's like those are our only options yeah like, yeah <laughs> or you could just like have sex i don't know yeah. <laughs> or whatever just like whatever shit like just relax she yeah. says this in another article where we're going to kind of get into the extremely difficult areas of like sexual assault and where she where she plays in that. But, you know, there's one article she had, I think, in WAPO, Washington Post, um, you know, and she's she kind of like does the thing where she puts responsibility on individual ethics. Right. Like and she says, you know, we will never really be able to stop sexual assault because actually we've like now persuaded everybody that it's wrong anyway. And she gives this quote. Um, Society has never had a good answer for what to do with people whose pleasure depends on the pain of others. And I feel like, well, A, yes, it has. And B, duh. But, but I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. Like, because there's two different things going on too, right? Like there's different, it's like authentic, because there's cruelty, right? Like in cruelty, is yeah. never a part of authentic pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like actual cruelty. It, but she doesn't, like her relationship pleasure and pain not just on a personal level but on like a political line level is like um distorted in a way that kind of doesn't allow for facing the authenticity of pain and pleasure like they're both always in this weird position right where they can only be sublimated solved or suspended and and that all that's possible is is cruelty or death or atonement right and there's no ability to like be an adult and deal with living in quote-unquote society right or to work collectively there's just uh, this this history and, of this very trad view right like yeah and like never i mean people are born with their pleasure depending on someone else's pain and can't be need to be sublimated right or suspended right. or solved like it's what <laughs> The solve the solve aspect is 
loose, but yeah, what I, it, there's it's a very lot of pessimistic. It's what she thinks yeah, about herself. Nature and like, it's very Catholic again, like original sin shit. Oh um, yeah. It's her, a sense of herself. Right. And so she's, she's, yeah. I, 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 I'm fundamentally a bird killer. Right. Yeah. And so I want to be a bird killer because I hate myself for being a bird killer you know, yeah. and I fundamentally have to tax and taxes are good because we have to hurt people for the collective good. I mean, that's Christianity, literally, <laughs> like yeah. very, very literally is like yeah. this masochistic, you know, my father strikes me down and I bleed and, and that saves all of us. And this, this baptism of, of blood, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's gory and, and it is like this, right? That, you know, and they're, there's always Romans, right? There's always Romans who want to hurt you. And, and I'm one of the Romans, right? I'm a goy or whatever, you know what yeah. I mean? Like there's, there's just a lot, um, yeah, original sin, right? Um, but, but yeah, the thing about Elizabeth is she doesn't, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's other roads. Like I don't think, and I think it's true that she's not really the left or the trad of Catholicism. She is this kind of weird, social centrist, Catholicism that is like I admit that like we have these darknesses or sometimes there's like priests who are rapists or sometimes there's a Pinochet right or sometimes I want to fuck women and I don't yeah. you know but <laughs> like I bet there's more leftist Catholics too but but it's interesting the way her rhetoric does like come back to like very um blaming women I mean there's um in this she wrote this article about Aziz Aziz Ansari thing, and it's interesting where she kind of locates the the problem among many things, because she says basically uh, that the sexual revolution made sex less serious, right? That it wasn't as sacred, and she she basically tries to make this move where basically liberal feminists uh, trying to embrace like this obligatory pro-sensuality optimism yeah. devalued sex I mean it's just literally slut shaming um and that's devalued. why sexual assault occurs it's yeah yeah it's no insane. I mean they literally yeah. <laughs> because it's like the, the assumption there is that sexual assault and like violent control of women didn't occur before the sexual revolution like it's it's really right. so she uses like where's that quote where she's like as so and so points out like back in the day if women were sex was so serious that women were told if somebody touches you slap them and run away and then she right that's like she uses that quote to imply what that sexual assault didn't happen or that all women like exactly were assertive like I there's I really do think that like obviously young people should be raised to be assertive about their like physical boundaries and emotional boundaries and like consent and stuff and that is important but she shifts all of the blame onto that well and also that I mean she makes a lot of assumptions like she assumes that that women were more assertive and are less assertive now I mean it's just like all of this is imagined like no I mean it's probably like some mix of all those things right because it doesn't fall on individual women because just the same way individual acts occur right but like in individual acts of abuse but like these are issues of frameworks and these are issues of systems of accountability right and like this idea that we can just locate it in this really real place the same way people like crave this 
this going to the Middle East and like being the hero or the knocking on the door, this like imminent encounter with the real and it's this sense of like justice on the street, like of a true women know that they know how to fight back because they know what yeah. sex is really worth. Yeah. And that whatever is going on, it's something about that. Like it's about in, it's about individual people's mentalities. It's this like kind of almost kung fu imaginary of of what are broad dynamics, right? It's like if I make the right move, I will get justice. This very vigilante as well uh, sense that I think uh, people sort of tell themselves is an abolitionist vigilantism and it's not that it's a carceral vigilantism what is she arguing that like pre-sexual revolution like yeah women women had to fight back because you know themselves because because what because like marital rape wasn't a real thing like why is she just ignoring the like broad like because gay like actual games of it's insane like but then again she's not because she's abolitionist and she's like you know, oh, it should be like bottom up, and like it's because like she's fucking conservative. <laughs> like, well, she well, this should get us into her Boston Review article from which is another very hot button one. But she she uh, this is uh from 2015 as well, and she talks about let me find my place. She talks about uh how she kind of likes this idea of this like depressing marital sex like she's she's posing this idea that like liberal feminists are are imposing on you that you have to be slutty you are obligated to be sex sex positive and like optimistic and be a slut um and that yeah i love the the Um, main concern she has this article about um affirmative consent laws and their dangers and her main concern is that men women are going to get their husbands thrown in jail for having disinterested sex with them like do you know what I mean like that's I don't even know it would (laughs) that seems to be the main but but she's not an abolitionist even about that I don't know where she I mean she does it's weird because yeah well it's interesting because it's like she kind of because she says married and long-term couples often know a great deal about sleepy sex duty inspired sex (laughs) even fully consensual sex that is left a tad icy out of spite what the fuck is that what you're defending here against like it's just Yes. Well, and it says all of which could be categorized as rape under the purview of affirmative consent. And look, we're again as abolitionists, like we don't think that like bad due process right of 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 uh, lines crossed in ways that people have infringed. That we do believe in like having good accountability and good processes yeah. that are fair to all parties, right? But her way is she's like. It seems like she's concerned about her thing, which is like having bad sex. She's yeah, like, I don't want to be into it. I want to be icy. I want to be asleep. I want the duty. Like, look, if you made those laws, you would say we were doing rape. It's like, well, no, if, if you're that into like not being into it, that is consensual then. Just do that. Like, have it be your thing that I like to be the ice queen and not give a shit about you, right? Like, <laughs> if that's what you're into. But instead, you're making it like about you're not willing to actually take ownership or agency. She she's claiming that 
it's like being infringed upon her that women are forcing on her that she has to be enthusiastic about her sex life. It's like, are you kidding? If you want to have unenthusiastic sex, that's absolutely fine. That does fall under consent. Yeah, why is she equating unenthusiastic, disinterested, or sleepy sex as non-consensual sex? You can still consent Totally. Like, it's, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> like, it's weird. Also, she doesn't want to admit that, that, well, she doesn't want to take agency. Yeah, exactly. Everything, her, her, like, her sexuality is completely passive. Like, apparently, like, and there's three right. kinds. We don't, we don't know, because we're not, we're not carceral either. We don't know. Wink, wink. But I mean, I, I mean, oh, yeah, know, we're no, like I horny mean, bastards, and she's hornier than we are. Like, she's like one yeah. of the most, like, blatant people in the way she writes I mean it's it, and that's in my opinion good but it's not good because then she always pretends that she's not doing that so it ends up being even more violent right because yeah. she like winks at this this normal thing existing which is like female sexuality that could be dark or weird right and then she's yeah. like I didn't do that that doesn't yeah. that's not what I did and that's not a thing I, I if you say that's a thing you're making me a slut because that's yeah. what you're saying, that we're all sluts and you're obligating me to be a slut. So you're the real assaulter, you know, and there's this whole move that it's like, it's very confusing, really. It's like, wait, what? Like, I don't, am I going crazy? Like, it seems to me <laughs> like you're making a thousand jokes a minute. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes me feel crazy, you know, because I'm not Catholic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I I I find it hard to like I found it hard to get into her mind frame on the confirmative the affirmative consent article because I think both of us like understand Dasha more Dasha's yeah. just like it's a more clear negation like Liz's negations yeah. have like a couple different moves you know it's like yeah. I I avow it then I just I do it a vowel and then a disavowal and then a vowel you know like yeah she also makes the weird argument that these uh, affirmative consent laws are going to reduce the total sum of sex. Like, yeah. there's just going to be less sex, and that's a huge problem, but she doesn't really... Like, one of the things... Like, sh- she's responding to a quote. Um, she's responding to a quote where somebody says, so she says, but Marco just artfully dismisses the foundational complaint about affirmative consent standards. If it cuts down on sex, maybe that is a good thing. So like, <laughs> I like, I don't think anyone has argued that. I think that like, obviously the argument is that, you know, like if people don't want to have sex, they shouldn't have sex basically. And that's, but that's cutting right. down on like the total sum of sex. And that is, she thinks some kind of puritanism or like it's so right like which again is not true yeah people are not saying she can have less sex right like yeah you can have all the sex you want but then she also there's another weird thing she says she says um i think she says a little she's like what about sex with reservations She just has so much she needs to get in touch with. (laughs) I don't know what that fucking means. Like, again, again, you can verbally or, like, physically consent to something and have internal reservations. No one is, like, telling her that she has to feel morally clear about what she's doing in the bedroom in her own mind, which seems to be, like, 
something she is concerned about like and again it just of comes course like, it's in her head yeah and it's, it, but it's interesting that the people the people that are in her head are 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 other women right like liberal women and and she and yeah. she also like seeds space to the right right like she talks about matt walsh we were joking before she would you know like likes that beard you know yeah um, and, and and other catholics and evangelicals who who um in a nod i guess to vatican too uh would say that sex with contraception is not real sex right and yeah and so she like makes this thing where she compares feminists and conservative christians because like they're both legislating what's real sex oh yeah she um, says, so- <laughs> says affirmative consent laws are where christians and feminists are finally meeting as though like conservative christians are pro-confirmative assent like affirmative consent laws like that's no it's just such yeah a and she says <laughs> she says it's damnation damnation versus salvation that's her yeah. that's it's totally that's, unpredict- you. that's how she re- she she yeah. and she condemns on an individual basis but still as we'll see in our next article with porn you know she still is pro-cop like and and i don't think i've ever seen her like think sex work should be legal right i mean but yeah. she's like being oppressed by liberal women uh for for not having the right kind of sex right like we're legislating her sex life with matt it's like no you you are legislating your sex life with matt yeah and then you don't want to admit that so you are legislating our sex life right like you're pretending to do an abstract uh totally impartial thing about celibate lesbianism i'm sorry this just sounds like a premise to like some dirty novel i'm sorry (laughs) oh a a celibate lesbian memoir okay sure sublimating her desires oh yeah beautifully she wrote beautifully on sublimation glowingly that is oh my god (laughs) beautiful glowing it reminds me of that like you know that um benini statue that's like the nun in ecstasy but it's coming yeah of course it's like you're dirty Charlotte for you seeing that in that statue and seeing that in in anything that you could see there you're just a dirty bad girl you're a bad girl (laughs) you didn't a year and a half in Catholic school was not enough (laughs) no what I can say is okay eroticism can be a decent artistic vehicle to discuss the themes of sublimation that would be in that would be uh and that would be cool right if you own it and and as leftists and right like we want to state like outside of this like personal scene who she is right like what are the political stakes for us as like leftists and as feminists and and yeah there is a sense of like you know the left like most spaces is pretty patriarchal and dominated by men and, and and the reality is that um yeah, there is erotophobia. There is ways in which our our thriving is 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 legislated as like not um, being a priority. And there's a sense of wanting to reclaim for the left um, these things. And that there is a very purposeful way in which she wants to shut these things down. Right on on behalf of the children, on behalf yeah. of you know, she, she just describes this conversion between uh, the, the feminists and the conservative Christians. She says, this picture of sex would appeal more to the evangelical than to any college Casanova. What if, <laughs> or, yeah, right, this is, what, what's Casanova, right? Like, what if bored sex, disinterested sex, or sex with reservations? I don't, 
so weird. And then she gets into Umberto Eco, where she goes into Name of the Rose, and she she says, uh, uh, "Comedy is born from peasant villages." I'm just like, what the fuck is this shit? Uh, uh, and that the scholastics were were too reverent, like that that the feminists are are these uh, scholastic nerds who don't understand Italian peasant villages. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Are you Sophia Loren? Are you are you an Italian peasant woman? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I had no idea what that was fucking about. Like, she has some like. <laughs> She has some weird, like, Anna Kay moments in that article yeah. where she's all, like, you know, you're Puritans and, like, you're, like, this is bourgeois moralism as though that's not, like, literally her whole thing. Like, it's so weird. Yeah. But. It's, like, you don't get to, like, go claiming peasant village sex. That just sounds weird. And it's also weird, like, I'm going to get into Umberto, Umberto Eco. This is like the weirdest, <laughs> most Dallas, waspy version of slumming it I've ever heard yeah. of. Like, are, you, are you, not the scholastics. I sleep with peasants. <laughs> Stop. Are you kidding me? It was so oh. and out of place, especially considering like the nature of her writing up until that point like exactly well and she and she says in this article to end it she like claims that you know that the the way forward is like uh the obama this is 2015 and that the obama administration had like a anti-rape initiative it's on us which was like horizontal instead of vertical it's like you're not an abolitionist like horizontal organ how is obama doing an initiative horizontal i don't that's that like, I don't, under, that just seems like a small education campaign for schools, right? Yeah, exactly, like, which, so, which that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I've been through those. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like, so it's the It's On Us campaign, uh, just like, you know, trains kids to recognize dangerous situations, call out predatory or abusive sexual behavior, which is all like good, but that's not a program to like, that's, that's not going to solve anything. And she's not claiming that that needs to replace um, carceral solutions either. She's just arguing no. that that's a good way to, I don't know. Like it's a, it's a, well, she's just, argue, she's just saying like it's, well, her whole argument was that you can't use the law to instill morals where there are none according to right. Augustine or whatever, as always. Right. Because like, it's about moral correct, because in the end, it's about individual moral correction. It's not about yeah. creating a system of, of thriving for people at a global scale. It is, it is about individual correction and individual moral salvation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is a damnation salvation narrative. Yeah. Which is why she is, we'll see in her, her next article we're going to look at, this is more recent from this year, from The Atlantic, her her new her new gig at all the prestige, she's going to hit every prestige pop, you know, <laughs> under 35 will hit every prestige publication in the US. Um, and, and, you know, she's talking about uh, porn in a way that, you know, she kind of gets into, I don't know, there was some high school class in New York where this woman, like, taught ethical porn consumption habits to teenagers and then it wasn't existing anymore and it's like cool that's awesome like mm -hmm. I think that's 
relevant. I'm sure there's like very large unethical swaths of uh, parts of the porn world, but there's very much like a, a zero questioning of, of, of the police in, in, in this schema because she is so focused on sort of moral degeneracy and, and the slippage is, is quite quick. The save the children, which we see in Red Scare yeah. too, right? Like this yeah. Epstein true non world that's like, you know, will sort of see the Gnostic truth behind like what's wrong for all of us in this sphere, right? And I don't yeah, know, that, this like- that, that thing recently where True Anon shared that, was it New York Times article about a, trans, sure. a transgender kid in America who had, um, you know, been kicked out of home at 13 and had to go live on the streets. And the article refers to like meeting some older trans women who taught, this kid how to use sex work to survive which is like pretty normal stuff really like a lot of kids who like especially queer kids who end up on the streets like have to rely on like older more experienced people to know how to get by and not die or whatever um and it was a story of like survival sex work and Grace Belden shared it saying you know like this is grooming this is pedophilia grooming like this is just trans women grooming this youth to sell sex and that I call that a pimp and it's like yeah Liz right and I don't know all the details of, a, I don't know all the details of this case right and like so we want to be like super careful right about like you know who's heard and when right but we want to we don't know all the details but but the fact of the matter is like these well, people are he not deleted the tweet anyway but <laughs> Right, because these people are not actually interested in, in, in providing resources to sex worker organizers, right? Like these are not people who, yeah. who want to respect the work that is being done in these uh, circles, right? They just want to, uh, you know, they, they care what the police have to say. And in this article, she, um, for The Atlantic, she, she really gets into the details of porn, right? You know, she's mm -hmm. talking, you know, this, and, and this is to me like somewhat of a right-wing move which is like this what about with like well what about child porn right like okay you say yeah. you're an abolitionist but what about x and but there's this inquisitorial element right where she's like yeah the cops are getting trained on like trying to make these fine-grained decisions about what age someone is can we tell or not and it's not really questioning yeah she says at all and we don't we don't disagree that there is real harm that happens to people just like and and that there's um work we want to support for those things but the the people we want to support are, are not age expert police yeah like she says um she's talking about children on Pornhub having to sift through the sort of material law enforcement agents carefully training themselves to encounter Whereas I've ever seen anything about like, well, for, like police run child pornography rings in my country anyway. And oh, really? Like, you know, like, have you ever seen a documentary about like, yeah, there was one in New South Wales, I think, um, that was uncovered. Like they were supposed to be investigating child pornography, but instead were distributing it. Um, mm, but it's a classic. And so, yeah, yeah. It's, but, but yeah, they're not, they're not most police that deal with these kinds of things are not carefully trained to deal with this kind of stuff at all and yeah no. <laughs> and they don't and, and there's no sense of caring for victims or that's not no she doesn't really there's no that. 
She doesn't mention I that. I mean, if she does, it's just the they're being notified by the police. And when is too much notification? Too much notification because people keep being dirty and downloading because like these well, structures should... of, of abuse are about individuals with dirty minds, right? Yeah. It's not structural. She just seems like mainly concerned, which is fair enough that her children are going to see one of these things. She doesn't really seem to be concerned that they're ever going to be victims of any sexual assault or anything like no. that because she's going well, she to knows where she is. correct yeah. morals. But like well, she's a good girl. Yeah. She comes from a section of society where, you know, she'll the article I read, you know, she's like, I know from the beginning that I was like on the top of the totem pole as far as how much COVID will affect me. I mean, she would say she's owning her PMC-ness, right? But yeah, she she has a clear sense of like where she is in terms of her her vulnerability. And she would pretend she's doing this for the people, right? She wants to defend because she's humble. Um, yeah. Any humility like this that that cares this much about the professionalism of the police is is one that I I doubt. And and I think that, that it's true that there's there's things you could teach people about. Um, I don't know, like feminist or ethical porn or pleasure, and like that's a worthwhile thing to be dealing with with kids. But I don't think that that's what she's doing at all. I mean, she's talking about how it's impact like pleasure depends on pain, and we have no idea yeah. what to do. Sub- sublimating, solving, suspending. And then also in this like kind of cop friendly thing against porn. I mean, the things she describes is like things that to me are not particularly like, and she's equating these things basically to crimes that people are like exposed to porn in a way that's like getting them desensitized. Right. You know, people who are like, Oh, like I just, I was 18 years old and I thought choking was just normal. And there's this like demonizing of, of BDSM, right. As if there's yeah uh, all these, it, she cites all these 18 year olds, right. Like people just on the brink, right. Who've been, who've been too soon. It's consensual, but they've, they've been, it's really focused on choking actually in particular, but yeah. it's does like, that, okay, well, yeah. Is that one that she interviews a 16 year old boy who has stopped watching porn and she's like, even at 16 already knows the world and it's like no shit like yeah 16 year olds are sexual <laughs> like it's of course he already yeah. born. but it's like yeah she she goes directly from talking about actual awful crimes like you know the yeah stuff of like revenge porn being posted on Pornhub or actual assaults and stuff and then just directly goes into interviewing these teenage girls about you know is strangling consensual strangling normal like I don't know yeah there's like four different quotes from 18 year olds like who were overly desensitized to strangling is vanilla and it's just like this is it's so specific like uh inquisitorial right there's the one about where she she details about how the 16 year old boy has started spacing out how often he watches porn like it's pretty it's (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like it's not that abnormal yeah it's I don't know and then on one hand she's like you know treating them as like vulnerable cannot understand sex and cannot understand what they're viewing or contextualize it but then also as like um experts on 
experts yeah. on sex as well. Like, totally, it's, totally. It's like they've already, well, literally, they've already become like demonic, right? I mean, it's yeah. literally the views yeah, of someone. Like who, yeah. <laughs> no, she actually believes in yeah. like a populism that's anti-satanic, right? And like, it's literally like a, a, a satanic panic. And it's like, yeah, and you're totally right that actually it's probably the opposite. Like, no matter how much like you want to say we have like a decadent culture, right? I like, I think kids can think they're like way edgier than they are at 18 but no most people get edgier as they get older like it's, it's a total it's a total like fear that doesn't seem legitimate to me and I think that's fair to like want to protect people from from assault and crime but to, to suggest that like these kids are deep in the depths of of light strangling it's come on like relax like I I think I think they might go further like the affirmative consent laws so like she's she's very concerned about these teenagers like being brainwashed into a world of like dark sex or whatever but then in her yeah. article she's very against affirmative consent laws for overstepping you know essentially she's like saying it's bedroom policing and like Kind of stuff like that but like so but then it does it does she wants to have boring sex she's very concerned about this because like like she says in the affirmative consent law thing you can't legally you can't you can't make people be moral where there are no morals and she basically thinks this generation who watched porn is now doomed Forever, because like, everything forever. depends on original sin everything comes uh-huh. back to morality if everything depends on original sin right like you're just always dealing with the original problem which yeah. is your your inner satan which is exactly why okay. she just assumes the argument in the the lesbian one where she's like there is no other path forward like <laughs> there's so much that's that's assumed um and people will always have these these darknesses and there's there th- this is what makes there be carceral logics too and makes there be these epstein brigades where it's where you don't allow there to be accountability and you don't allow there to be a process there's only yeah. ever cycles of shame right that accountability yeah. is not possible and so you just have this cycling of of, of who's stained and and nobody can say anything because everybody is compromised right and nothing yeah. can ever be resolved it can just be sublimated solved or suspended because we're all yeah. sinners and so none of us can actually live in process with each other. That's actually impossible. We just have to sort of lie there without uh, pleasure. You yeah. Know? And that's where the Which police we... come in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> this Max may kill us, but we, we were going to end yeah. on, on this new Republic article because we kind of started on like where... Liz, she does do these sort of exclusionary call outs, sort of these sex shame things, right? And, and you know, with Sophie Lewis or, or Kink at Pride. And, and then she does write these very uh, sort of vanilla articles, but, you know, where she makes insinuations. She, she, she's reviewing Fifty Shades of Grey and she's basically like, well, um, they don't use BDSM sufficiently as a literary device to to explain how abuse is baked into capitalism. And she claims that she's not 
anti-BDSM, right? That, that That's not the problem, that uh, the problem is abusive versions being co-opted. But, but every time she goes back to it, it like uh, deep down, she does seem to be implying that, that um, consensual power dynamics are inherently capitalist. There's a very like inherent, I mean, how yeah, would you she, describe it, Charlotte? She, she equates like BDSM to real world power basically like so she thinks like an accurate use of BDSM as a literary device to talk about the power relations under capitalism would be like a subversion of that somehow but so basically like yeah she says that BDSM when it is like used correctly is about like critiquing power relations in capitalism but then in Fifty Shades of Grey uses that exact same logic you could say she says it's pro-capitalist right but it's doing the exact same thing he's the he's the powerful one and he's also like in terms of money and then he's also the one sexually dominating her that is Liz's BDSM logic if you know what I mean. Well, it's very like one, well, it's very one, well, she's equating. Yeah, I mean, and she's claiming she's not doing this. She's claiming that the movie's doing this, right? That, yeah. that like the movie's equating him with capitalism and therefore that's unfair to true BDSM practitioners. But then she immediately will like shift back and be like, oh, like there's a long history and art of, of BDSM being used to, you know, in, in Sada, or I don't know how to pronounce that right, but to like, look at injustice and authority in the church and the law and you know in the 1974 film the italian you must know about this charlotte uh, the night the night which yeah but she basically which is yeah because they basically (laughs) said she says it, it questions complicity right like that you can if you can find eroticism in abuse still alluring is is power itself not alluring right like it's like there is at the end of the day a sense in which like consensual power is impossible and adjacent usually to capitalism to nazism right and then she says no 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 that's just like reading abusive logics in but it's like in my read i mean these things are throughout her kind of rhetoric of populism and then she pretends it's only ever in other people it's like where where is the cons- where's the consent really happening and like I don't how would I, I've lost my train of thought a little bit but um she's it's so confusing she's it's it's a very like confusing roundabout article though it kind of goes in these like kind of loops of equations and mm-hmm. assumptions about power she never ever talks about BDSM as like an actual sex act that people do for pleasure. It's always, it has to be like this abstract artistic vehicle to quote unquote critique capitalism. But yeah, mm-hmm. in, exactly. that reading, in that reading, Fifty Shades of Grey is the same. It's doing the same thing, but it's just pro-capitalism. It's yeah, like, exactly. But it, exactly. The others are just equivocity, right? That they're anti yeah. or they're anti-church or they're anti-mean yeah. authority. Exactly. She doesn't same. actually consider it as a real possible consensual vehicle of pleasure. To her, it's only ever a pro or a con that is mapping on to the, the abusive, greedy dynamics of human society. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is why that, and which is which is 
why this is important is because politically, I mean, these dynamics are throughout in her, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't matter because it's not about her. It's not about her personal sexual whatever right because like we all have all kinds of different interests right that's just like being human and like yeah it's important that whatever these are that that's developed in a humane way if you're on the left but but she does the same thing where she she weaponizes these concepts to name and shame in ways that are not for a left way forward that are about carceral logics that are about creating like the right you know, this patriarchal, traditional family and just having sad sex because that's, you know, anybody who doesn't let me have sad sex is is controlling me and my desires, you know, or whatever. But it's like, she's, she, pain and pleasure are these huge reference in all of her politics, whether directed inwards or out at, hmm. you know, other leftists or whoever. But But then she also, and she talks about them, but she never really thinks through pain and pleasure and like how they work systematically. Like there's, they're both these huge specters that have to be, um, as you said, uh, solved, sublimated or suspended. And it's, (laughs) of course, what comes out is, is violence, right? (laughs) Obviously like violence that is not abolitionist, that is not consensual or or socialist, right? Like it's whatever that is. It's not that. You know, and so there's all this sort of tantalizing, you know, we can play the psychosexual game, right? And she can accuse us of like reading this dirtiness in and being these disgusting, dirty girls, um, which I think we would embrace. Um, <laughs> um, just sort of rebelling in Catholic school. Just like Maybe we should call it the dirty girls. Cut like so many. <laughs> there's there's a lot of possible titles. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I have to have like two subtitles. Oh yeah, right. And and I think and I think we like we we enjoy that element of play, right? And and we think there's a, a place of reclaiming that's political of of that type of thing that isn't just always infringing, right? Like she does have this very which does correlate to the political economy vision with Matt, right? And with this patriarchal social like vision of scarcity that's built in that does get brought into sex life and the church and family dynamics that it's like a very uh, scarce vision where pain is, is dominant, but not a pain that could be any kind of pleasure. Like just, there's never pleasure, yeah. not really. Right, like there's but, not, that's not yeah. a real horizon because you will only ever hurt each other. Right, because you're a sinner. Like, our position is, like, why can't you just admit that you have, like, a breeding kink or, like, you have... <laughs> and no, we're, no, we're not taking it personal. This is and not... And no judgment. And no judgment <laughs> at all. Like, not it's carceral. Just, like, the, the point <laughs> is, like, yeah, just do that and not, don't be carceral about it and don't be authoritarian about it and don't, like, be erasive or exclusive about it. Like, I'm not... No kink shaming. No, what we're saying is like if if Liz wants to be the 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 mother of this episode, no. (laughs) Liz wants to be my virgin. (laughs) Look, some days, most days. Well, which Liz are we talking about? (laughs) (laughs) 
but it is it is interesting how she has the she she's such a like little euro brat the way she's like Casanova and Sage. <laughs> loves her little classic yeah. references. Yeah. I know, like Italian comic peasant women. It's like I pictured. Record, I kind so of it. like because I hadn't read so much. I just imagined like because her, her, her her whole like um Instagram and Twitter stuff is like I'm. Apple pie, like America, like all <laughs> she of that. she bakes for her children constantly. Yeah. That's a big like, thing in her Twitter feed. But then in 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 her job, she's all like European. It was I was shocked. Well, yeah, she's like she. Well, you know, she she's a, a Baptist Pentecostal uh, Methodist Louisiana Texas girl who like. Uh, you know, converted to Catholicism at Cambridge with like Anglican priests, and she's like, you know, the the the, the Euro, the English students were at four a.m. partying, and I just couldn't be bothered. I was like deep in my conversion ceremony at five a.m. in the and just writing this like purple prose, cheesy poetry. Such a cliche. It's super cliche. It's so <laughs> it's so it's like really really it's like, come on like. Are you going to chant G.K. Chesterton? (laughs) I'm a good girl. Let's chant orthodoxy, you know? Yeah. There's something very campy about it. I think, you know, I enjoy researching her whole walks. I also understand what people, I mean, I get that, you know, she has sort of nice social democratic anodyne views and like hides a lot of her stuff, but there's like underneath this like very high camp kind of like, sacred melodrama that's like the psychosexual text of like yeah. pretty little liars like it's a very you know I'm like such a dyke to me it's just like such a a femme text of like sort of this political register of uh cis women's politics I don't know I think there's a lot there and, and I think the way she thinks through pleasure and pain and exclusion and who I mean I think there's real consequences real eugenic consequences for people's lives and um the way we function together and, and she claims she's coming from this anti-capitalist viewpoint right she's like you know don't ever suspect there's there's perhaps something about gross economic inequality that's worthy of smashing just keep your head down and imagine you can come to some kind of understanding with your betters it's it's what steel does after all i mean it's yeah. just like any dominance well, is, well, is that, capital like, graphs to kind of like alleviate certain amounts of certain people's suffering like god yeah exactly because there's an original score there's an original balance sheet and we're all kind of in debt eventually we're we're sinners in the end and like if you won't admit that like there's sinners above and below you right and and yeah and and you're just actually giving in to capitalism you're you're the true right winger by claiming that like any agency or pleasure was you're you're actually legislating against me you're you're dominating me into pleasure right yeah. and you're forcing me an x y and z thing right it's like no you can be fucking miserable if you want to be miserable right yeah. you're the one stopping me <laughs> right? that's the point that's why we come on strong yeah exactly we're exactly. people we know the threats to us like we yeah. know it's very clear to me i've been queer kid for fucking ever it's very clear to me and i'm a little older than her but not that much older but like yeah 
there's nothing mysterious about the moves that she makes. Like she can, she can wink and she can nod and like a lot of, you know, straight white boys will miss it. And, you know, she can delete all her tweets and Matt too. Right. It's not just her. It's their whole patriarchal yeah. thing. Cause don't get it wrong. It's actually patriarchal and it patriarchal is fem, fem politics. Yeah. Patriarchal fem politics. Exactly. And it is, it is yeah. mainly white straight men. Cis yeah. Men that tend to miss the, implicit exclusion in her arguments which yeah. I get is a bit like you gotta try a little bit sure. harder <laughs> and we all have blind spots right like yeah. we're humble but like yeah like come on like it, it's an exhaust I mean it, it is frustrating at some point when you feel like you're explaining something that's very viscerally a threat to you and they're like I don't know I'm not sure I see it are you just like are you just are you just jealous? Or are you just somebody who like uh yeah, or like uh, nice. comes for women? Out. Like fuck that. Like I don't <laughs> yeah, or, or it's just like a side thing. It's like a side, oh, it's just like Liz's religious shit. Like she's not Oh, what did somebody uh, say to me one time? Um, you know, I she has decent politics and seems like a nice person. I don't care about her personal abortion views and like someone oh, was like personal, more personal views we all do sure like know a lot about them like they're not, you know, I, I would like to tell I would like to tell them about uh getting pregnant in Chile and and how how much my personal abortion views were relevant <laughs> <laughs> Fucking insane. oh yeah um, uh, personal views in terms of who you know with the black market contact or not is that is that what we mean by personal, personal <laughs> yes yeah. yeah I think abortion <laughs> should be a personal matter in exactly that sense <laughs> yeah like if you, like if you know it, it's not a big deal if it's illegal except in in all and when I in that time in my life uh, in Chile it was uh there weren't even the tres casales that it was not even legal in the case of abortion risk uh, and, sorry of assault uh life of the mother or life of the fetus it was illegal in all instances like a pinochet right. era law and of course the reality is that like plenty of people have abortions right like and yeah. it's a better situation than somewhere i don't know like el salvador or somewhere there's more yeah. a higher degree of poverty right and people do have black market connections but it's like that's a very violent yeah scenario to imagine these are personal opinions yeah like real women put out <laughs> their abortions amongst one another in like backyard abortions. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. That is very Liz. No, totally. That is very Liz. I'm sure yeah. like, I just don't want the law to start changing our attitudes towards, I don't care if women, you know, coat hanger it or whatever. Like it's. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't judge them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's very violent. We and we didn't even Absolutely. talk about the abortion shit in this episode. Like this is a digression. No, that's like a whole. We can have a whole series. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're already blocked. We're already blocked by, by Elizabeth. Yeah, we're finally free from. Yeah. <laughs> But I gotta say, like, I think on she's the... an interesting figure. I yeah. mean, I mean, and it is not again personal. I mean, I think I think I do on some level. There's things I get, you know, like I I have family from that world in Dallas, and I there's things about her and that milieu that that I absolutely understand um in 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 a way but in a way that I don't take it personal is in that's it's not personal that I go to me I see the larger picture which is like I also want to help like I don't I don't want this to be 
what our discourse is about. Like it is a symbol, right? And and yeah. to be fair to her, I'm sure, I mean, it's not about her, although she does, she does, you know, have a lot of space she takes up. I mean, she writes a lot. I mean, there's not that many people in that she throws herself around, you know, like she... <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, no, we're we're reverse slut shaming her. That's yeah. what this episode's about. Yeah. But no, I mean <laughs> no, I, I mean I think we want to uh, And all the positive things advocate. about Liz, like it I this because like last episode I did with you that was like about an a pundit was about the Red Scare um women. Right. And this was way more pleasant to re- research, like to read like reading her like <laughs> That other, that the research process of the other episode was actually upsetting, and this was interesting. <laughs> it's a different, well, because I think the Red Scare, the Red Scare is more openly masochistic. Yeah, um, Liz kind of like more plays, openly violent, like it's yeah, yeah. Liz like plays it like a joke sadism which is also a joke masochism but then she pretends like neither of them happened but there there is a campiness to like the chastity she puts into it right this like catholic good girl thing that is like so silly it's like washed so over waiting. the top <laughs> yeah well i know washed and waiting. also citing in another queer celibate text washed <laughs> How is that a real title? How is that a title about that topic i can't believe that <laughs> Come on. And we're the dirty ones. Yeah. Like, oh, we're the ones, we're the ones writing porn into everything. We're just, just reading into the octopus. Movie, you know? <laughs> like like sluts, you know, the tentacles everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> just reading into things. Like these disgusting uh pimps or something. I mean, it's it's very sex worker phobic as well. I mean, there's no again, I've I've been down that road, but I mean. It, it just defends, it's it's very reactionarily defensive of what is an economic formation, right? Like the nuclear family and that that is the tie-in yeah. that, that it, the social democracy and the, the abortion stuff and the, the, the centrism, like it does all play into this and there's a lot to shore up at the edges, right? There's a lot that you have to disavow and you have to like reverse avow about uh, uh, your sublimated friendship ceremony. Charlotte, do, do you ever want to have a friendship ceremony? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We, we, have, we have to like actually get baptized first though. I think I was you, baptized, you, but not in the Catholic not church. In the Catholic. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, in the There's probably church. rules around this. <laughs> Not, not anyone can have a friendship ceremony and a vowed friendship ceremony. I think just like tweeting at each other on the timeline is our, <laughs> our, our, our ceremony in which we're, we're washed and waiting. <laughs> <laughs> so it's sublimated, solved, and suspended. <laughs> Com- comforted and, and chastened. <laughs> Make sure you are comforted and then chastened. Yeah. Every, you know, you, it may not be the right order, but sometimes you have to mix up the order just to keep people. Yeah. Toes. Sometimes you got to be chained first to feel comfort, you know? Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't ever let them know which order it's coming, um, which is how we like to approach superstructure and our, our relationship with our listeners. So, uh, <laughs> and, and guests. So, <laughs> I'll catch you, you're too sweet, for that walking.
scared of sliding stars. Too flustered surprise. Too flutter of distance time. Further anticipation is chaotic wonder. Origins hung with one Further anticipation.